So this is um, the horror podcast that no one really wanted, but we're making it anyways. <laughs> yep. Maybe the demand was ze- the demand was zero, and the supply is one. <laughs> um, there are better horror. There are probably better horror podcasts out there, but I don't give a shit. Yeah, yeah. It's just it, I just want to get back into podcasts. Exactly, exactly. We did a podcast earlier. And that kind of just crashed and burned because both of us were, like, incredibly busy. Also, it was a bad movie podcast, which there are, like, millions of. Yeah, no, I, like, I think that, uh, I think it's Stu on the, on the, um, there's ads for the Flophouse that run on Maximum Fun Shows, and he says that aren't uh, bad movie podcasts every fifth podcast out there? Yeah, and, like, exactly. So, like... So, like, I love bad movies. I'm not going to, like, pretend that I don't because, like, I love the shit out of some bad movies. But, like, it's been done a thousand times. And while horror movie podcasts have definitely been done a thousand times as well, like, there's a lot more room for growth here. I don't feel like I'm cribbing on anyone else's, anyone else's style. And I also don't feel like a demand to be funny, which is really good because I'm not. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. <laughs> um, and the good thing about horror movies is there is such an overlap between, like, genuinely good movies and, like, bad but fun movies, you know? And yeah. those are like no, like I really, I really want to watch Unfriended. Oh soon fuck, for the it's show. so good. Um, I've seen that one probably three times now. <laughs> like honestly, like Unfriended is like it, it looks kind of like derivative and drivel ish, but like I, this is just based on trailers that I've seen. But honestly, the concept is really fucking. No, cool. it's good and it's fun and like the it's inventive. Yeah, exactly. Like, that's, it's bring a it's it's bring a new thing to found footage mm-hmm. like. Um, I'm trying to think of the, um, that movie from, uh, Latin America that came out a couple of years ago that was, like, all fixed cams. Oh, fuck. It was, I think it Wreck? was... No. It, was it Wreck? Was, I don't think Wreck was all fixed cams, though. But I... But you know what I'm talking about, right? Yeah. Like, it was, like, all from the perspective of surveillance cameras or something. I don't know the one you're talking about, but Wreck was out of Spain, I'm pretty sure. Oh, okay. I could be wrong. Well, I don't know. I knew, I knew, I knew it was Latino at least. I said Latin America, but I don't know my geography. Yeah, that's fine. It's cool. I thought, I thought London, I thought London was in France forever. <laughs> um, I used to think that's not even a lie. I used to, th- I thought until the 2012 London Olympics, I thought London was in France because I, the rhyme was I see London, I see France. I thought it was just like I see London, and then I can also see the place that London is contained in <laughs> France. Yeah, I mean it's it's understandable. I used to think Chicago was a state for a while, and sometimes I still do. Well, like not like think it's a state, but like put it on the same equivalency of a state, just because like people don't say. I mean, it basically is. People don't say, "Oh, I'm from Illinois." You know, they say, "Oh, I'm from Chicago." No. Or they, they either say, oh, I'm from Chicago, or I'm from not Chicago. Like, there's no place, no one, I don't know any cities in Illinois except for Chicago. Exactly. Oh, my God. Should we introduce ourselves? And when, oh, <laughs> yeah, sorry. I was about to start, I was about to, I was about to, like, launch into Sophie and Stevens talk, but, like, this is probably not a good time. Illinois is a very good album, yep. though, and everyone should listen Absolutely. to it. Listen to Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> that's Illinois with an E on the end, like a, like a portmanteau of Illinois and noise. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's very smart. <laughs> I like Sushi a lot. Oh, yeah. Anyway, so yeah, you go first. Okay, uh, my name is Blair Kitch, and I don't know. Are we just going to list our names? We didn't really plan this before. Well, like, well, I, I guess we're just like fucking going off the cuff here, but like, okay, so I'm Luna Rogers, um, trans woman, 21 years old, just finished college at Clarkson University. Um, my background with horror is very weird because, like, I actively avoided it for a long time. Mm-hmm. Like, for a while, the scariest movie I had seen was Disturbia, mm-hmm. that Shia LaBeouf movie that was a Rear Window remake. Mm-hmm. 
which I mean, it was kind of like a thriller, but it wasn't like scary. Right, exactly. And then my then then my final semester in college, I decided to just like bite the bullet, go in, and I decided to take a class on weird cinema, which was primarily about horror cinema. Like we we've seen we watched a couple of stuff that I wouldn't really classify as horror, such as like uh, Lost Highway or. Um, melancholia Mm -hmm. but like it was a lot of horror stuff Mm -hmm. and i've seen a lot of stuff and like it was terrifying Mm -hmm. like i had my face covered for half of the duration of alien (laughs) but like i feel like i've actually broken into the genre anymore it's not like a fucking boogeyman for me that i can't that i just cannot watch like there's still some stuff that i can't watch because paranoia is a thing Mm -hmm. because like i can't watch nightmare on elm street and i can't watch final destination just because i know those are completely not real based entirely in fiction but it still is like but what if exactly. Freddy Krueger is coming to murder me in the middle of the night? No, I, I totally understand that. Um, I guess my own... What's your background my with background horror? My background with horror, um, it's always been something I've been attracted to. Um, when I started, like, dating my current boyfriend, who will be on the next episode, hopefully. Um, yeah, he's, he's busy, yeah. but we, we'll have him next uh-huh. time. Um, he's really... Hold on, I need to, hold on, I need to, I need to just take a quick second. Oh. It's still warm in here. Oh, sure. Go All right. I'll, I'll... You notice it, you notice a difference? You notice the difference in my qual- in my call quality right now? Yeah. Because I don't have pants on now. I don't have pants on anymore. I'll, I'll edit this in post. Okay, thanks. You'll edit out my pantslessness? Yeah. Or not, you know, maybe now I have to keep it in. Yeah. I'll make callbacks to it so you have to leave it in or oh, else fuck. the listeners will be confused. Oh, fuck. <sighs> okay. Is your window... All right, so yeah, you okay, were saying. So Reno. Reno. Um... He's really into horror, and um, I was, like, kind of yeah. moderately into horror before, like, we got close, like, we started dating and stuff, but, um, uh-huh. um, but I've, like, I guess specifically, like, he's really strengthened my interest, it's been three years, so whatever. Um, yeah. So my favorite movie is The Blair Witch Project. Uh, I've seen it eight times, I own it on VHS, um, <laughs> even though I don't have anywhere to play that VHS, I just think it's cool to own. Um Oh no! Yeah, I'm I'm the same. I have like uh, I have liar liar on VHS because that's a really good. I mean, you know, not not a horror movie, right, but, really. But mm-hmm, no, I get you. Um, maybe it's a real horrifying concept. You can't lie. What will you do? <laughs> that was like that was Jim Carrey's golden age too. Mm-hmm. Like, sorry, I'm gonna wax poetic about Jim Carrey <laughs> here for okay. a second, but like. Jim Carrey produced one of my favorite movies of my childhood. Like, I can't go back to it now, but because of the, all the trans-misogynist garbage, mm-hmm. but Ace Ventura Pet Detective is, was, I've seen that movie, I'm not even exaggerating here, I've seen it at least 30 to 40 mm-hmm. times. Like, that's not an exaggeration, because my uncle had a cottage, mm-hmm. and we would go up there during, like, every weekend in the summer, and he had only a certain amount of movies on VHS that I could watch. Like, and I didn't really give a shit about Jurassic Park or The Nutty Professor, and I could only watch the 15-minute the episodes of Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles so many times. Mm-hmm. And so I just watched Ace Ventura and Batman Forever again and again and again and again and again and again and again. Mm-hmm. So I've seen those movies a lot. <laughs> but yeah, like... You know, that was Jim Carrey's golden age. He made Bruce Almighty. That was, like, the last one of that era. He made um, Truman Show, uh, Liar Liar. Mm-hmm. Uh, I never saw The Majestic, but I heard it was good. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, The Mask. Mm-hmm. Anyways, this is not what the, this is not a horror, <laughs> this is not a Jim Carrey fan cast. This is our Jim, uh, Jim Carrey fucking... fan cast. <laughs> <laughs> Jim Carrey's an anti-vaxxer piece of shit, and I hate him. <laughs> I don't know anything. I... I, I I forgot that I follow. I forgot that I was still following because, like, back when I joined Twitter in like tw- two thousand and nine, uh-huh. I just followed a bunch of celebrities uh-huh. that I thought were like cool. Uh-huh. 
and like so I, I've been like ever since I started using Twitter again because like I stopped using it from like 2013 to 2015 uh-huh. and now I'm just like having to unfollow celebrities who are just like tweeting very bad politics stuff so like you know Jim Carrey tweets a link to the documentary that he's making about how vaccines are causing autism I'm like okay bye James oh god James I've had to follow like every politician I've had to unfollow like every, not every, but every entertainer or celebrity except for one person hmm. and it's Andy fucking Richter <laughs> Like, it's the last person I would have expected to have, like, good politics. Like, a guy who's, like, his biggest, like, reputation is kicking ass on Celebrity Jeopardy and being the the second banana to Conan O'Brien uh-huh. and the, whenever, whatever the Conan O'Brien show was called. You'd think he wouldn't be, like, a smartly political guy who talks about white privilege on his Twitter. Yeah, exactly. Because there's this new, which is totally off topic. We'll circle around eventually. Yeah. We'll, we'll get back to horror eventually. We're just, like, rambling. Yeah, um, because there's this, like, new trend of, like, comedians, like, oh, you can't take a joke. Like, they're coming out with, like, some sort of fucking documentary about not being able to take a joke and how censorship is killing comedy because it's their inability to, like, adapt to a new environment. It's... Yeah. Paul F. Tompkins had a really yeah. good thing mm-hmm. on um, Noisy, I think it mm-hmm. was, recently talking about, like, what did he rebrand Social Justice Warriors as? Oh, I don't remember. Do you remember? He rebranded them as something dope, and it was, like... Paul F. Tompkins was, like, calling out comedians who were, like, oh, people are so insensitive. And then he was, like, like, yeah, or they're so oversensitive. And he's, like, well, I mean, you're A, you're being insensitive, and B, this just means that you're going for, like, low-hanging fruit yeah. and you're upset that it's not fucking working. Yeah, exactly. Like, it's... I, I love Paul F. Tompkins. Same. He's so fucking same. funny. Absolutely. Okay. Back to horror. Okay, so let's... let's back to your topic. Yeah, okay, so... <laughs> We talked about our we talked about our relationship with horror. You mentioned your favorite horror movie. Um, mine is probably again this is a very limited scope, but mine is probably gonna be um, Alien or The Thing. Mm. I just I really really liked mm-hmm. them. Uh, the Thing I actually saw a long time ago, and it didn't scare me as much as it should have. Mm-hmm. Weirdly enough, like I think I should have been scared pissless of it, but mm-hmm. like I somehow managed to truck through it. I didn't really consider it a horror movie. I just considered it like a sci fi thing with some jump scares. Right. Mm-hmm. And then Alien, I only firstly I only watched it the first time very recently, but like it was good. Yeah, I haven't I seen either of those, but I know them both from cultural osmosis. You know. Um, yeah. yeah. Oh, I God, you have. You should watch them. Okay, I will. We'll make we'll make them a feature on this podcast. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, um, I guess like my okay, so... my main focus in like uh, horror, which is going to be the movie we're talking about is definitely the found footage like subgenre of like horror yeah. movies um i think i've just always thought it's so artistically interesting you know because it yeah because it's it really does like it kind of like sometimes it's done very poorly but i always think you know there is a stretch towards you know realism when it comes you know yeah, no, and it puts like it, it like it's very interesting because like it all it puts like the um the ability to create good film content in the hands of the common man. Like you don't have to be like a billion dollar studio like mm-hmm. Blair Witch, Paranormal Activity. Those studios like those those films took like pennies to make compared yeah. to like big budget horror films, uh-huh. and it was just like. I mean, you have to do a really good job comparatively. Like, you can't just churn out, like, you know, fucking Paranormal Activity 6 for your first venture and uh-huh. just, like, you know, expect to make good shit. But, uh-huh. like, you, it's it's feasible. And it's, like, it's the only real genre where, like, the common person can really get big uh-huh. in terms of film. Uh-huh. Like, you don't really see this in other genres. Like, you don't really see, like, you know, small-time 
comedy movies or like small like it's all it's i mean like you do it sometimes but like normally it's, it's just big names people who like exactly. perform big at can exactly. or whatever yeah it's not as prevalent you know i think yeah i think horror isn't like considered like high art in a lot of cases it's because, not and that's why i think these really kind isn't. of things get to fly you know but i think it's yeah but I, so i think there's like this room to be more experimental with horror yeah, and, like, other genres have started to adapt it. Like, we saw it back in, I think, 2012 with Chronicle, and then 2013 with that, like, really bad comedy found footage movie, Project X. Oh, I never saw it. <laughs> Dude, I didn't see it either, but it just looked like garbage. It was just, like, a found footage film, a found footage movie about some guys throwing a banger of a house party, and, like, that was the plot, I think. Oh, great. Awesome. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, so what did we watch today? Well, not today, but you know. Uh, the other day. Um, we watched yeah. this week, we watched uh, The Final Prayer, a.k.a. The Borderlands, which is um, a very interesting found footage movie. I don't think I've ever seen, uh, you know, you know, horror overlaps on plots quite often. I don't think I've ever seen anything yeah. exactly with this kind of like plot device as it. Yeah. Um, I guess just if. It's, oh, go ahead. Yeah, so. Yeah, brief background on the movie. It was, um, I think it was 2013 or 2014, um, came out of uh, Scotland. Everyone's got, like, real thick Scottish mm-hmm. accents. So if you're going to watch this movie, watch it with subtitles mm-hmm. because, like, unless you unless you are native Scottish, you're going to have a really hard time parsing what half the things they're saying uh-huh. are. <laughs> um, and it was, the, uh, the original title came from, the original title was The Borderlands, and then in the localization to the States, it became Final Prayer, be, in reference to the last scene in the movie. Mm-hmm. But The Borderlands was a reference to the, to the, uh, the story from um, the early 1900s called uh, The House on the Borderlands by, um, it was, uh, sorry, the author was uh, William Hope Hodgson. Okay. Uh, it was, pub- it was the publication, the story was, was pub- the story was published in a collection uh, by Arkham House in 1946. Mm-hmm. Uh, the story was originally the story was originally written in in uh, 1908 though, mm-hmm. and Lovecraft actually listed this work as one of his greatest influences, mm. as did Terry Pratchett. Mm. Interesting. Terry Pratchett actually called the novel The Big Bang in his private universe as a science fiction and fantasy reader and later writer. Mm-hmm. Now, I don't like H.P. Lovecraft because mm. he's a giant racist piece of shit who doesn't know how to write anything. <laughs> he's dire and terrible. Go off. But I can't, I can't deny that he had a large influence on horror as it is today. Uh-huh. Um... Like yeah, yeah. Fuck, fuck H.P. Yep. Lovecraft. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you will not find sympathy. You will not find sympathy for that devil here. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, so, so we have um this like priest and this freelancer um yep. set up together and priest deacon uh, freelancer so, gray. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the, the 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 gist of the movie is that there's this church who has been claiming miracles and it's um. A part of the like the the greater Catholic or Christian or Catholic Church, I think that I think I think yeah, Catholic. They, I'm pretty sure Catholic. Yeah, they they mention stuff that deals with the Catholic Church, like the Pope and stuff, um, yeah. to like investigate these claims, you know, and uh, see if they're being mm-hmm. faked or not, and you know, investigate the video quality, like you know, the authenticity of it. Um, so uh, we have from the cameras, uh, we have uh, little head head cameras for documentation purposes and then cameras uh uh uh, screwed onto the walls you know in the corners you know um for like surveillance and stuff um and that's where we Mm -hmm. get the angles uh for the movie uh and it's it's basically like sort of a debunking movie and then yeah no the the main crux of it is that uh deacon and his brother i think it's Uh mark 
are part of a are part of a like subset of the Vatican uh-huh. that like goes around and like basically myth bust shit. Like you know, someone will claim stigmata and they'll come over and find out. Oh, this girl was just like she just got stabbed by her right. mother in the yeah, hands. Yeah, exactly. Which is something that something it's kind of gruesome to think about, and it comes up in the movie. But like they're just basically like traveling the world and like kind of debunking claims of. Act, debunking acts of God as just like stage things mm-hmm. for publicity, mm-hmm. and so they've come to this place in um, I don't remember where exactly the movie takes place. I know it's Scotland, but like yeah, I don't know. So they've they they've come there and they've hired this freelancer Gray to help debunk this church run by Father Krellick, mm-hmm. who claimed to have been vis- visited by the presence of God or something. Mm-hmm. They have some video evidence. And the thing that I really like about what they do with the video footage is that they're not afraid... This is what I really liked about um, what I saw from Unfriended as well, is that they really fuck with the footage. Yeah. It's some serious... It looks like some serious data moshing shit. Like, Uh that is some high-quality data moshing, and Uh I really appreciate it. Yeah. It looked really cool. Yeah. When you see glitching in some of these found footage movies, often it doesn't like, oh, you think, oh, cameras don't actually do that, you know? But I felt like yeah, like in v- in VHS the uh, the one in the woods yeah yeah. But like when this one, it's like oh, I could see you know like a video getting like corrupted like that or you know exactly it, yeah. It felt like there was an entire there was an entire subset of internet culture dedicated to data moshing gifs and yeah, videos yeah. like the, like you see in this yeah movie. exactly. Um, and it's done in a really really good way. It becomes a way to disorient the ve- viewer and like yeah. which I think is. Is is just like you know you kind of like experience the same disorientation as the the people mm-hmm. you know the the characters are experienced because it is often the mythbusters. yeah you know um, <laughs> because it is you know often from a first person kind of perspective um, yeah so the plot of the movie goes um, there's not really like many plot points that it hits on like there's nothing really major that happens we I mean there is a lot of major stuff but like there's not a lot of major plot points to go through right. Like, so we go to the church, Deacon and Gray meet Father Krellick, who's the guy who's been claiming this shit. They look at the video. Mm-hmm. Gray's a believer, and Gray is, like, very inclined to believe it because he's not seen this stuff before. Right. And Deacon's just like, I see this shit, like, once every week. Yeah, so, yeah. like, I really, this seems like, this seems like very, you know, oh, <laughs> this seems like very, it seems very neato, right. but, like, this is obviously fake, uh-huh. is what Deacon's response exactly, is. Exactly, yeah. Which, also, brief aside, the guy's name is Deacon, which was, pr- I feel like they could have given him a less church-aligned <laughs> exactly. name. Exactly, because I was like, oh, he- oh, so he's a deacon of a church. Yeah. <laughs> right? No, that's just his name? Yeah. Great. Awesome. <laughs> uh, that- so, yeah. yeah. Deacon and Gray go uh, set up inside the church. Um... Uh, Deacon's brother Mark, who's like the head of the operation, shows up mm-hmm. and is pissed because they set up without him being mm-hmm. there. Uh, and then let's see, some kids let a lamb on fire, a sheep on fire outside mm-hmm. the house. Um, Gray or not Gray, Deacon like kills it like very um, Binding of Isaac style. Oh sure, yeah. Like the biblical story, not the video. <laughs> <one. laughs> mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Dude. Like, you know, the bur- the burning lamp, and yeah. the, or the burning lamb, not the lamp. Yeah. The burning lamb, and he is like, you know, he stabs it to put it out of its misery. Yeah, yeah. Um, so they continue going about it. Uh, Krellick bites it. He jumps off the roof after he realizes that, like, the peop- that the that Deacon and Mark and, Deacon and Mark don't really believe what's going on. Uh-huh. 
so he like jumps off the roof and we get a really good jump scare at that point but i think it was one of the it's one of the few jump scares in the movie and it's very well earned yeah exactly um like it's it's not one that we it's not like an unfamiliar mm-hmm. one but it is very because like there are very few jump scares in this movie mm-hmm. like we have maybe i can count maybe like four uh-huh yeah maybe and they're all and it, yeah exactly and it's 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 a very tense moment and i think what it's really good about this particular one is that it's it's eerie, but it's not inherently supernatural about it. Yeah, because because Krellich just says like some cryptic shit before jumping off the roof, mm-hmm. and then and then he doesn't. Die. We, we we go we go down to the we go down to the ground floor, and then bef- he's like we all think he's dead. They reach down and like he like surges and grabs someone's arm, and then he just like uh, yeah. That's my impression. Of that. <laughs> Very good, ten out of ten. Um, okay, so um. Then what happens? Uh, Mark or Mark is convinced that it was just a hoax put on by Krellick, but uh, Deacon goes back in the middle of the night and uh, hears he goes into some basement area of the church and hears Krellick's voice shouting about uh, someone's eyes. Frazetti's, I, I believe. Frazetti's, thank yeah. you. He shouts about Frazetti's eyes. Um, we go back to the house where uh, Deacon has, against Mark's uh, orders, called in the service of someone who's, like, higher up on the chain than both of them because Deacon doesn't believe that it's over. Mark does. And Deacon's like, listen, you piece of shit. We need to get someone else in here. Mm-hmm. Please. And Mark's like, fuck you. And then Deacon goes behind his back. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> then when the the other church guy gets there, they explain that uh, uh, Frazetti was... Um, a, uh, a a minister in um, Belém, which was a place that where a like a horrible horrible thing had happened, mm-hmm. where like a lot of priests yeah, died. Yeah, yeah. It was an investigation and, of and a claim. Deacon, um, yep, and uh, Deacon was the only guy who survived because he was drunk off his ass. Yeah, um, and and then Greg gets pissed at Deacon for that. Yeah, it seems like most of everyone, including Deacon, blames the whole situation on Deacon. On Deacon, so. yeah. And it's very, like, it's very sad. Yeah, exactly. Like, like the, uh, this This was my second time seeing it, and, like, Deacon's uh, refusal to open up to Grey about it at first is much more understandable, mm-hmm. really. Mm-hmm. Um, and, go on, go on. Oh, um, yeah, like, that's, a, that's another uh, interesting point, because Grey definitely gets very offended by the fact that yeah. uh, Deacon wasn't... F- Deacon yeah, De- Deacon was not completely honest with him. Um, yeah, like Gray's not ups- Gray's not upset that like Gray's not, Gray doesn't really seem to hold Deacon responsible, but Gray is very like offended that Deacon lied. He's more upset that Deacon lied to him than he is that Deacon may have been responsible for all their deaths. Yeah, yeah. Um, Which makes me think that there's like if they didn't die at the end, there'd be some very gay shit. Exactly. Oh my god, shit. yeah. <laughs> Fuck. You know, I feel that way about a lot of horror movies. Um, like, I don't know. I never know, almost never know how to feel about the ending of them. Yeah. Because, do, you just like, do you just like to deny canon? Well, no. I mean, it's just like, <laughs> often it's like, is this, does this ending make sense? Because you have a movie that is kind of set in a state of perpetual terror for horror. Um, yeah. So either, either it usually ends in, well, usually it ends in the end of that terror through one means or another, you know? Um, yeah, yeah. Either either all the characters who are aware of the terror die, or they defeat the terror, and yay. Yeah, exactly. Um, uh, in this case, uh, we see presumably everyone is dead, though we only witness the death of um, 
Deacon De- and Deacon Gray. And, uh, Gray. Who... Yeah, because they go back to the church with the new minister guy and Mark, and they're all in the church, and they're doing, like, an exorcism thing, and shit goes hog wild in the church. Mm-hmm. Um... Then they start. They go into an, the underground area where uh, Deacon had heard uh, Father Krellick yelling about Frazetti's eyes earlier mm-hmm. to try and find Mark. And we see like we see like shots of Mark in the distance. And this is where like the data moshing and camera glitching really comes into full effect. And it's absolutely gorgeous because like the first good. time I saw this, I wasn't really paying much attention to that because I was more like engrossed in the story. But now that I could go back for a second run at uh-huh. it, it was like so cool yeah, what, what they did yeah. with that. Uh. And then um, it, it winds up that uh, they, they go past a very tight and narrow spot. They try and turn around. It's closed off. And then digestive acid comes down and consumes them. And the titular final prayer is heard as the camera goes black. And we hear Deacon shouting the Lord's Prayer mm-hmm. in, the, uh, in the belly of this beast. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then it ends. Yeah. yeah, I think it was just a very odd... I... I... I think I would... You didn't like the ending? I don't know if I like the... I think I like the ending. I just don't think I fully understand. Just... I guess Belly of the Beast is a good, very good way to say it because suddenly they're... From this cavern, they're in what looks like an intestine, you know? Yeah. Um, and then they're yeah. getting, you know, more or less digested by it. Um, yeah, I don't know I don't know if you caught it, but, like, the, the baby skeleton that they find is... And then they, 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 that, that, that pedestal that they find later down in the, in the catacombs... Uh-huh. Then there's also paintings on the wall depicting a baby being killed on top of that pedestal for the purpose of, like, a blood sacrifice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No. Okay. No, I, I definitely... I, I, I missed that my first time through. Yeah, no, I mean, there's definitely something, uh, if not satanic, then other, you know, like, sort of evil... Otherworldly. Yeah, exactly. Something something bigger than yeah. us, basically. It's the, it's, it's the world... Um, it's not the world force, it's the world in itself, uh-huh. right? That's what it is? It's the, there's the world for us, the world against us, and then the world in itself. Uh huh. Uh huh. Um, so it's it's, but it's it just feels so different. Than, it's not how I expected the movie to end. I guess if it was going to end in death, you know. But I think. It, what were you anticipating? I'm curious. Oh, I don't know. I just not di- not like some weird war shit. I guess. <laughs> <laughs> this is big gulp. <laughs> Oh my god, it's like Big Gulp the horror movie though. It was like grotesque as hell. Oh fuck. It was like pretty like pretty horrifying, you know, just like psychically unpleasant, yeah. you know? Um Brief 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 aside, did you see uh Griffin McElroy's uh challenge video to Patrick Klepek? No. What happened? Okay. Um so uh, Patrick Klepek and one of the other guys from Giant Bomb have, like, a long-standing rival... I think it's Dan Reichert. Have, like, a long-standing Mario Maker rivalry for the past, like, six months. Yeah. And then at PAX East, they uh, had an event where uh, Patrick Klepek would try and, like, beat a bunch of people's levels, including, like, uh, this eight-year-old kid named Tristan who they'd featured on Kotaku before because he was, a, like, a, like a, an astounding level designer. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, Tristan made, like, a, a, a short video, like, taunting Patrick Klepek, like, what do you, like, you know, with obviously the language of an eight-year-old not swearing as much as I'm about to, he was just like, what the fuck are you going to do, asshole? Fucking step. <laughs> and then Griffin was like, I'm going to make a level where Patrick and Dan have to go inside of me, and then I will accidentally <laughs> swallow them. <laughs> and then he played uh, some music from Undertale, and then showed a very poorly rendered uh, 3D CGI version of a dog's mouth. Uh-huh. Fuck yeah. And that was it. I'll link it to you after. We'll link it in the show notes. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Um, 
Fuck yeah. Sorry, that was no. A it's okay. Tangent. Like war is going. War is very important. Um, <laughs> it's yeah. Though I think I I did like the movie though. I guess it, I mean we've yeah. basically covered the gist of it. I think we can go to like thoughts yeah. about it. Um, I th- so um I, I think um there's very few things about this movie that I didn't like. The one thing that I didn't like about this movie is the point where uh great the the. Well, there's a point at, like, the 40-50 minute mark where Gray is outside rolling a cigarette, and he looks at a gravestone, marks, remarks the guy's name, it's like Samuel Jenkins or something, he turns away, and then, the and this is all from the head cam perspective, mm-hmm. then when he turns back, he's not paying attention, but the tombstone has changed to reflect his name. Mm-hmm. Then he looks away, and then looks back, and it's Samuel Jenkins again. I really don't like that. No? I think it's... No, a- I did I just feel like... I, I think I think it's a I think it's an interesting touch, but like taking it in with the, how mm-hmm. the rest of the movie and how like the world operates, mm-hmm. that just felt a bit too like cute. Mm-hmm. It felt a bit too like winky at the audience mm-hmm. compared to how straight the rest of the movie is playing. Mm-hmm. You know, like I would have been much I would have been much more fine with that in like um, I'm trying to think of an example like uh, a Final Destination maybe or uh, mm-hmm. yeah maybe a Friday maybe a Friday the Thirteenth sure. or uh, de- definitely if definitely a Nightmare on Elm Street but yeah, like, yeah. it just didn't feel it just didn't, it just didn't feel like it fit here like it was yeah. a very it was a very cool and subtle thing uh-huh. i just like in isolation it was dope mm-hmm. in this movie not a fan yeah i think they i would have loved to see something similar than that in this movie maybe if if that wasn't the only thing that they did on that level i would have been much more interested. yeah i think the whole like looking away and then the thing being changed and whatever i think that sort of thing is pretty effective in these sort of found footage movies because the it really is and like blair witch does play with that where i mean like not to the same degree but like you know they'll go into the tent and they'll wake up and they're not nothing's something's different you know there's the piles and rocks and shit but Uh like I, i just feel like if uh, like I said, if they had done more with it, I would have been more in yeah. favor of yeah. that. But like as a standalone, I don't think it worked very yeah. well. Yeah, no, I agree. I agree. Well, sorry, I don't think it fit. It worked, but I don't think it. Yeah, fit. I agree. No, I agree. Um, yeah, I think if it was, yeah, just the because you know you think about like how the human brain doesn't like when a person is just like experiencing these small changes a person doesn't yeah. pick up on them but like an audience would i think just a, just yeah, as like no, a it's... examination of the concept itself i think that's where i stand yeah, yeah no yeah. I, I like it. I, I i like it as a concept yeah. i would i like would have really liked i would have like loved this if, if, in another movie yeah but I, I know i know I, can't, I know i keep repeating myself yeah. but no just like, but i get you yeah. in this i think one of the strangest things about this movie is that unlike other found footage foot uh, other like Unlike other found footage movies, this one has non-found footage shots in it. Not a ton, but a few. But the thing, the thing is, though, like, go if you go back to Blair Witch, how much non-found footage is? There I don't in that? believe there's that many. <laughs> oh, exactly. Yeah. Like, it's very, it's very rare for, like, even if it is like an establishing shot, mm-hmm. it'll be like from the perspective of a camera. But like, we have these like overarching, omnipresent shots. And I don't think this is unintentional. I don't think this is an accident that they chose to have these three or four non-found footage shots. I think it's intending to, I think it's intending to represent the presence of some sort of higher power mm. in some way, shape, or mm-hmm. form. I think that's but really interesting. that's yeah. just how I took it. No, I think but, that's, yeah. Uh, I think when you have a genre like this, you know, those little details do matter, you know? Yeah. Um, dec- yeah. Uh, especially when it like veers away from its genre in that sort of way. I think that's a really mm-hmm. an interesting interpretation um, because, you know, we do deal with the holy a lot in this movie, obviously. It's yeah. church, you know? Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So, um, yeah, I think 
I don't know. <laughs> I agree. <laughs> so was so so was was I think I think we should uh I think we should probably like give like some final judgments in a second. But like, is there uh, anything else you wanted to point out that you particularly liked or disliked of this movie? Because um before we go on to that, I want to say that I absolutely loved Gray. Oh God, yeah. Like the the character Gray is basically like ninety percent John Oliver mm-hmm. and like ten percent Griffin McElroy, uh-huh. and it's just amazing. Uh-huh. And then the Deacon character is very much Father Karras from The Exorcist. Oh, sure, yeah. Um, um, but yeah, I just absolutely loved Gray. He just like had a lot of really funny and like fun and kind of relatable moments that like made me really kind of empathize. Like the yeah. scene where he just like walks out into the kitchen in his boxers, and I'm like, yeah, yeah okay. Like you know, it's just like a lot of little details. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know. Um, I and think... there's like like some of the other stuff is like um, I noted that he was rolling his own cigarettes, which mm-hmm. like to me intimates that he kind of wants to quit. Mm-hmm. Because, like, I hear that a lot because, like, mm-hmm. rolling cigarettes takes a lot more time. Like, t- if you if you roll your own cigarettes, that means that it's you can't just, like, chain smoke them. It's mm-hmm. a lot harder to chain smoke and it's a lot easier to quit. Mm-hmm. Whereas, like, at the end, we see Mark and the other priest character, whose name I keep forgetting. Yeah. The one that comes from out of state. The yeah, one who I... looks, like, older than 90. Yeah, yeah. The, but like the we see them, we see them sharing just like a, a Marlboro or something, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and it's just it, it's interesting. Yeah, no. Um, I but yeah, you you go ahead. Anything you particularly liked or disliked? Well, I think just like continuation, continuing that thought. I think the character work in this film was really good. Um, Ex- yeah. yeah, because you know, yeah. in a lot of horror movies, the characters are made to die. You know, so we're not we're not yeah. supposed to like them. Uh, we're not supposed to connect with them. We're supposed uh, and we're not really given much care. We're not really given much um, character information that is not plot relevant yeah like, in this we get we get a lot of non-plot relevant characters yeah yeah like we see gray we see gray trying to learn sleight of hand with that card trick and like that five second shot yeah yeah and we see deacon doing the sleight of hand with the with the coin in the bottle mm-hmm. it feels so much more real and it makes the i think it makes exactly. the, the terror that much more real i think it's a sort of important thing in these sort of like first person um Exactly. Um, uh, found footage movies because you are the person experiencing these things because you're seeing it through the eyes yeah. of this person. So you're you if you don't connect with that person, then it's not as scary because you are not directly mm-hmm. experiencing it with them. I think where a lot of horror movies, like other genres of horror movies, are effective is where, um, like you have these really detestable characters, you know. Um, so. Yeah. I think I think I think it's kind of like in a very similar way that Blair Witch handled it because like not like from the same response because like these guys were just acting whereas like Blair Witch had like that realism mm-hmm. element to mm-hmm. it with like the character like the actors being like kind of thrown into the wilderness yeah. and like you know real time shit happening mm-hmm. but like there was a lot of non there was some like non plot yeah. relevant characterization yeah. in Blair yeah. Witch and like that really that really helped sell it like it's the reason that like you know whenever I bring up my whenever I bring up ugh, whenever I bring up the Blair Witch to my mother she just always like. I thought that movie was real for like two months after seeing uh-huh. it. It's, it's because of like the small character. Yeah, exactly. Like that. Um, and it's just like it's always a sign of a really, really good movie. Yeah, yeah, no, totally. Um, and I think it's it's I th- I think it's why I love the genre so much is because I just love characters and I love people and I love people acting realistically. You know, you have mm-hmm. you have how people speak and then you have how people in movies speak. You know. Um, yeah. Uh, but I think found footage really strives to get that sort of like authentic experience, you know, like real like emulation of like human interaction. And I think it's a lot easier to like feel empathy for those characters in this sort of way, you know. Um, Absolutely. I think I don't. I don't know. I just think it's a. It, it's 
it's a very talented sort of writing, you know? Yeah. Yeah. No, it's very mm-hmm, potent. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess the other things I really liked were, I, I mean, we've talked about it. I love how when in like found footage movies, the special effects are always very sparse, but they're always uh-huh. so effective because they are so sparse. You know, when you see something fucked up happening in a found footage movie, you're like, oh, fuck. Yeah. Like, this isn't re- like, this is like, everything else looks so real. And this also looks real, but it's like this doesn't happen, you know? And I think it just, it's more impactful that sort of way. Uh, We see things moving of their own accord in this movie. Um, Yeah. Yeah. There's a a real, there's a, like, all, all, I think the best thing about this movie is that how well earned all the jump scares are. Like, there's three of them. We already talked about Father Krellick. There's one where we are in, we're in the church monitoring. We're, like, trying to, like, it's a very tense moment because we're, like, they're, like, trying to, like, pinpoint the uh locate the source of some sound of a baby crying and they can't really pinpoint it so they're just like trying to like scan the area uh-huh. and while we're like we're all just like you know our ears are to the ground like trying to listen to this sound like trying to figure out where it's coming from and then all of a sudden this crucifix falls off the wall and like shatters yeah. and we're just like completely caught off guard yeah, by it and dude. it's so good i was watching that crucifix the other, all the other- movie <laughs> just waiting for something to happen to it <laughs> And then the third jump scare is a very minor one, but like when we when um, Deacon goes back to the church at night to further investigate, he's shooting his flashlight around, and we see something. Like, it's a very very tight like shot. We we don't see much. Like the flashlight is maybe show is maybe like illuminating maybe a fifteenth yeah. of the mm-hmm. screen, mm-hmm. and like he's just like waving it back and forth. It's very hard to get a beat on something, and then it flashes over something that looks like a person, mm-hmm. but we can't really tell. Uh huh. Just because it's like it's there for such a short amount of time, and we have no vision of it otherwise when he's not shining the flashlight. Yeah, it's 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 very good. They're all very well done, and it's like it really it yeah. really relies on the sort of like you know like uh, uh, being caught off, like being distracted by something else or the unknown. You know, exactly, because yeah. in the dark, you know, you have and you have this just a pinpoint of light. You know, the rest is like completely yeah. unknown, and that's kind of scary. You know. Um, especially, yeah. It reminds me of this. It reminds me of a, a scene in The Exorcist, actually. Um, the the cut where we actually see, like, I know it's the I know it's the inferior edit, but the one, the one where we actually see the pictures of the uh, the frames of Pazuzu. Mm-hmm. There's a part where Regan is being told by the doctor to just lie very still and just like pay attention because like she's just in a, a doctor examination. And then after we after Regan is told to lie very still and like be calm. It's like it's something that also the audience may take in, and then we see a flash of Pazuzu, and we're caught off guard. A little yeah. Bit. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't think that Pazuzu should have shown up in that movie, mm-hmm. but like, I think that was a very well done moment. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If you're going to show Pazuzu, yeah, which they yeah, shouldn't yeah. have, but yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I get you. Um, God, I was going to say something else, but I totally right, forgot. So, <laughs> we'll just move on. <laughs> all right. Well, yeah. So, final judgments on a scale of one to ten, one being. We'll come up with an actual rating scale for this, <laughs> and ten being like, and ten being like Blair Witch. What do you yeah. get this movie? Um, I would I would put it pretty up there. I'd say like maybe like an eight or a nine. As far as found footage goes, I think if we're comparing it to other found footage movies, I would, yeah, which yeah. I am, I would say it's very well done. You know, for a found footage movie, because um, it's it's I, just so I, effective. I, you know. Honestly, the gravestone takes off a half a point for yeah. me, and I'm gonna put it around eight point five. Yeah, that's fair. I no, I understand yeah. that. I I I just think you know, it's just it's very mindful of what it's doing in most cases. Yeah. You know, yeah, it's it's very smart. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, it knows how to like set an atmosphere, and it does it very well. Mm-hmm. Oh, I remember what I wanted to talk about. Sorry to interrupt you. If you okay. um, 
no, it's I fine. loved the final scene where we're in the caverns. Um, it reminds me of two things. It reminds me of a um, As Above, So Below, which is another horror movie, uh, found footage movie that I, well, well, corny, I do like quite a bit. Um, we should watch it. Yeah, I enjoyed it quite a bit. Um, and uh, the book, which I plan on rereading this summer, House of Leaves. Um, House of Leaves, yeah. yeah, you know, it felt so House yeah. of Leaves. So for the uninitiated, the House of Leaves is basically a, a book about uh, this this academic paper someone wrote about a movie that doesn't exist about a house. <laughs> there's yeah. a lot of layers here about a house. Yeah, no, it's, the layers are like, okay, so there's a movie called The Davidson Record, uh-huh. and it's it's a found footage horror film about, like, you know how the TARDIS is, like, bigger on the inside than it is on the outside? Mm-hmm. Imagine that, but extrapolated to, like, the scariest possible conclusions. Yeah, it's, it's, the, it's a house that just just seems to be like never ending and shifting and stuff and growing and very very uh and like there's like a minotaur in the center Mm -hmm. maybe Mm -hmm. yeah but um so like there's the neighborhood record then there's like then there's the collegiate essay that someone wrote about it yeah and then a layer above that is johnny what's his face i can't remember johnny truant yeah johnny truant who's like who's like writing a diary about like when he's reading this essay yeah yeah there's a lot of layers, but it's it's such a good book. I think it's it's, it's it was really it was pretty like formative for my like tastes and these kind of things. I I think it's it was so interesting to see found footage, but in a book in a sort of way, you know? Yeah, yeah. no, it was it was so like it, it would, there would have been so many ways to just completely fuck that up, and mm-hmm. Daniel Lewski just like did it. Yeah, I haven't re- I haven't read anything else by Daniel Lewski, so it might have just been a fluke, <laughs> but like he did it really well. Yeah, he yeah he did that. <laughs> Um, he did that. Yeah, so that's if if we're doing a recommendation segment on this podcast, that's my recommendation. Go fucking read House of Leaves. It's amazing. <laughs> All right. Well, we are going to do a recommendation segment, but I'm not, I'm going to make you actually make, a rec- make another recommendation because we actually have to transition to the recommendation. Oh fuck. Segment, okay. So sure. Fuck you. <laughs> sure. Okay. So 8.5 for me. What? Eight or nine for you? Eight or nine. So I guess 8.5 for me as well. You know, that's around eight or nine. Uh, yeah. <laughs> cool. We agreed. Mm-hmm. All right. Now we transition to the the letters section of the show. I'm I, we don't have letters, no, we don't so have just, letters. I'm just, I'm just I'm just cribbing the flop house at this point. Let me just do the theme song. Wonderful. There's the music, there's our theme song. Right, awesome. Oh fuck, we do we need a theme song? Fuck, we have we don't even uh, have a title for this fucking podcast. Can you call Seda? Can you call Seda and be like, yo, help us out, please? Um, fuck, yeah, we'll figure something Seda, out. Seda is a godsend. Okay. Let's 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 commit this segment to figure out a fucking title for this podcast. Um, okay, yeah. Um, what would we call this though? Like, um, <sighs> well, so I th- like okay. So as a gimmick, you know, we're all gay as hell, and we love horror. Yes. So how about yes. like ah queer monsters as a, like. As opposed to our real life. Shut the <laughs> fuck up and leave. You're not. You're not invited back for next week's episode. <laughs> that aside, I don't want to put. I don't really want to put queer yeah. on the label because, like, no. I, I know, like, if like I, I definitely know that there's some people who I'd want to have as guests who might not be comfortable yeah. with mm-hmm. being on something with like just mm-hmm. queer on the label. Uh-huh. No, I get you. So I appreciate the effort, but also you're fired. <laughs> fuck you. Okay, well, you come up with something better. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Uh, can you cut out the dead air from this when you edit it in post? Yeah, yeah definitely. <laughs> oh, my God. Thanks. Oh, shit. Uh, okay, so 
So our gimmick is that we are all gay and trans and shit. Uh-huh. And it's a horror movie. Uh-huh. So what about Ah, Queer Monsters? <laughs> Shut up! <laughs> Fuck you. Oh my god. God, I wasn't expecting the fucking 90s Nicktoons <laughs> reference from you. <laughs> Oh my god. You I, weren't even alive when that show came out. No, and I don't think I watched very much of it either. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't either. Don't feel that bad. It was only it was it wasn't very good. <laughs> well, that's fine. Oh shit. I honestly have like no affinity for the early Nicktoons era. Like everyone fucking jacks off about how great like Rugrats and shit was, and I honestly don't give a shit. <laughs> yeah. I grew up with like SpongeBob and stuff, so Yeah. That's where my same. Is at. Yeah. Oh. Uh God. How do people do this? What do we call this shit? How do people, like do that. Um, I mean, one star cinema was like that. Took me like a month to come up with. <laughs> Not actually, but it took me like it took me like a couple of days of thinking to come up with. <laughs> what, do, what do? One star cinema was a really good title. I'm gonna go on Twitter. <laughs> how about one? How about one scare cinema? Okay. Um. Um. Don't actually entertain that like it's a somewhat smart idea. Don't give me that treatment. I don't deserve that. I'm going to ask Twitter. Oh, my God. Um, let's see. It should be a pun, right? So, Like, like yeah, it has to be a pun, like right? What? Okay, is there anything we can do out of the first letters of our names? L-B-R. Um. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> Runs batted lost. That's RBL. <laughs> um. Uh, um. Fucking West said Tales of the Crypt dot MP three. I kind of like it. Maybe, oh fuck! Maybe we just change the name of our podcast every episode. I mean, we don't need a name right now. I guess. I guess we can figure that out in post. No, no. We're we're here. We're we're here. We're queer. We're doing this. <laughs> um, oh, hang on. It's like there's. Oh no! Right, queer. What? Fear coding. You got something? <laughs> I love it. <laughs> Are we gonna do it? Are we gonna go for it? Yeah. No. I'm stuck. I'm. I'm on it. I'm on it. Fear coding. Fear coding. Oh God. Yes. We got it. <laughs> Okay. Wait, no, wait, 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 fear baiting. Fear baiting? Oh my god, what's better? Oh, fuck. Shit. Shit. <laughs> fear, fear coding sounds a bit weird, but, like, I I don't know. Uh... I think, I think fear baiting works on a couple different levels, you know? I think so. I think so. we should go with fear, like baiting. fear baiting. <laughs> yeah. Alright. Fear baiting. You only have, like, ten minutes of audio to cut out. <laughs> yep, that's okay. <laughs> Uh, all right, good job. Good teamwork. Um, yeah. Hell yeah. Okay. All right, now we're just going to get Seda to make a theme song and we're Gucci. Yeah, awesome. And someone has to make some fucking, like, cover. Okay, so recommendations. <laughs> okay, so, um, if you don't have anything else, you, I, I will let you use Hostel Blizzard. I was mainly just giving you shit. Okay. Um. Um, high on my recommendation list, though, is, um... Recently, season two of uh, the podcast Tannis started, and Tannis is, um, it's one of two podcasts coming out of Pacific Northwest Stories, and it and its sister podcast, The Black Tapes, are about, like, 
modern day, like the black tapes is sort of a modern day X-Files kind of thing with mm-hmm. the skeptic played or the skeptic played by Dr. Richard Strand and the believer played by uh, Alex Regan, a reporter and the host of the podcast. Mm-hmm. And it's good. I just don't like the character dynamic as much as I do on Tannis, which is sort of like a region based horror story kind of looking at the the uh, Puget Sound area and like why exactly there's so much shit. And they're trying to find this mythical place called Tannis and trying to like locate the wherever that shit is. Mm-hmm. And it's really good. And mm-hmm. the, se- the second season just started. It's very spooky and I love it. Mm-hmm. So um, I can't really recommend it enough. The only complaint that I have is that the main character needs to. There's there's a, there's some very like. Some very gay subtext that I wish was like text. Yeah, and I'm really and I really want it to be text. Yeah, no, but we can't have it all. Yeah. No, I, I I'm also I also listened to both of those. Uh, I rec- I listened to this morning's like Tannis, and I I was like, oh, this is some e- like some eerie shit, you know, like not very. I haven't listened. I haven't listened to the new season yet because I was still doing my re-listen of season two. Yeah, yeah. Um, but uh, I guess I'll do another but- recommendation. Um, because, right. uh, just, just cause, you know, um, so recently I've been, um, re like, like revisiting uh, this YouTube channel called the little fears. Um, she, Oh God, that's that. I've been trying to remember the yeah. name of that YouTube channel for like a year. So Thank good. you. So good. Um, she hasn't posted anything in about two years now, which is unfortunate, but what she did was like really well written, like, um, urban legends and stuff like that she did her own original horror or she would like revamp you know quote-unquote creepypastas and stuff like that um she has an amazing voice and she's just fucking eerie as hell uh really talented writer um highly recommend if you're gonna listen to anyone who like recites creepypastas i would say hers is the best way to go make it make it the little fears yeah absolutely very all right and then i also i also want to do something we don't have to do this every week but i kind of want to do it this week i want to recommend something that's not a horror based oh, sure. thing I just yeah, want to recommend yeah, something yeah. so mine is i'm just going to steal this one right off the top mine is monster factory oh god fuck <laughs> so monster factory is um a publication by polygon which is a video game website mm-hmm. in which two brothers justin and griffin mcelroy who are employees of polygon go into video games with character creators and just try and literally destroy them from the inside out mm-hmm. There, um, I, I recently watched the entirety of their Fallout 4 video series in which they create a character known as the Final Pam who destroys the universe of Fallout 4 and tries to, and the series ends with her trying to go and destroy other video games. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess for my non-horror recommendation, uh, I'm gonna do another McElroy product just because, like, that's where my, <laughs> that's where my loyalty lies. Um. Same. Um. Uh, the Adventure Zone has been such an amazing, like it's, it's so good. So like good. Uh, it's uh, it's the, the these same three bro- brothers, Griffin, Travis, and Justin, uh, playing D and D together with their dad. Um, Griffin is the uh, dungeon master, game master, whatever. It's his first like fiction writing experiment. So, and like he just does, he's doing a phenomenal job. It's like amazing storytelling, very funny. Uh, highly recommended. Yeah, and I think, like, the this is a really weird thing to praise them for, but, like, I think the best thing about the Macro Brothers is their ability to, to take criticism. Mm-hmm. No, I agree. Because, like, 
I have had multiple interactions with them where I say that, like, something that they did or said, like, was kind of messed up or made me uncomfortable. And, like, I remember one time, like, one of their Monster Factory videos was, like, kind of, like, set me off a little bit. And, like, I shot, I added, I added Justin about it. And I was like, hey, this is kind of, and he's like, I'm sorry, we're going to be trying to make that better in the future. Uh-huh. Would you mind explaining just, just so I can, just exactly what it was so that I can avoid doing that in the future? It was a very cordial response. And I, yeah. and I, and I, and I, I know you had something very similar with Griffin a couple of months ago. Yeah, I talked about how uh, he kind of played into this whole, like, bury your gaze trope. And he was like... Yeah, no spoilers. Yeah, <laughs> spoilers, sorry. <laughs> um, but, like... I talk, he had, like, no idea. He's like, oh, fuck. Like, but I'll, like, try to be more cognizant of that in the future, you know? Um, and he was... Yeah. We had, like, a like a genuine discussion about how he's like, oh, I'm just, like, this is my first fiction writing experience. Yeah. But I don't want to alienate I mean, well, any no, of my... It's, it's, he, don't let him lie to you that this is second. Don't forget about Grant Andrews' kid, Kyle. Oh, God, yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> how could I forget? He lied to you. Oh, God. I have to call him out again now. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Okay. Uh, okay, so if you want to reach us, where can we be reached? Um, I am at Blair Kitch on Twitter. Uh, I'm more active there, mm-hmm. but I'm also at um, on Tumblr, uh, Poost Night 805. That's P-O-O-S-T <laughs> Night uh, numerical 805.tumblr.com. Um <laughs> I don't know. I don't really. I'm not, that URL kills me every fucking time. Yeah, it's like a weird in joke that's not really worth explaining at this point. But uh, I'm not as yeah. active there. So. It, should, it, was just like, it was just like a fucking scrap of paper yeah. that Reno found, yeah. wasn't it? Yeah. Um, very mysterious. Um, but yeah, if you want to like contact me at all, Twitter's the way to go. Yeah. Um, I can be found on Tumblr at chiesatanakas.tumblr.com. That's C-H-I-E-S-A-T-O-N-A-K-A-S.tumblr.com. And I can also be reached on Twitter at Grandpa Piss, G-R-A-N-P-A-P-I-S-S. <laughs> Just like how you think it's spelled. <laughs> yep. Um... And this has been, uh, wait, did we decide on fear baiting or fear coding? Okay, I actually just got a message from someone that said gay panic. I don't, is that like a, is that like a pun? Well, like, gay panic is like a, a phenomenon, like, I don't know, it's, never mind. It was like, okay, yeah, no, I, can, I like it, I like I, it. But I think I like, we'll, I do we'll, think I we'll, like we'll, fear we'll baiting put up a, We'll put up a Twitter poll. We'll, we'll put, put up, up a Twitter, Twitter poll, poll and we'll decide by the next episode. Okay, <laughs> we'll figure it out. All right. All right. So this has been fear baiting or fear quote, fear coding or gay panic or trans panic. <laughs> and we'll get back to you with the title next week. Yeah. Uh, do we want to give a preview of what we're going to be watching next week? Have just we like decided? To, just, you know. Um. Do you have any suggestions? Um. Let's just, I feel. I feel like it'd be good to just like call it now and then do it. Yeah. Um. God, let's... So I picked the movie this yeah, time, so you can pick it next time. You know, I think we talked about... Do, I, I talk, mentioned As Above, So Below this episode. I think yeah. let's let's go for that next let's, next episode. Hell yeah. Sounds Hell good. Yeah. So next next week, be on the lookout for As Above, So Below. And we will get you will find out the name of our podcast by then. <laughs> yep. I'm, I'm Luna Rogers. I'm Blair Kitch. And bye. bye. <laughs> Fuck you guys. <laughs> <laughs>